0: Welcome to another episode of Nine Cents. I'm your host, Adam Campbell. Today is May the 29th, and tomorrow is Memorial Day. So I just wanted to take a second and, um, you know, maybe even have a a moment of silence for those who have served our country and paid the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, Having been a soldier, it it was really at that point um, that I really... Learned what it meant to appreciate the sacrifices that others have made for me uh, and, and for our abilities, you know, the rights that we have as Americans, especially when you're looking around the world nowadays and you have shows like mine where we, you know, talk about news and world events and politics and stuff. Even being the way we are, um, that is a right that we've we've bled for, truly. And you can just look across the sea and see other people who don't have that right, uh, and who are, are currently fighting for it, or um, raging against the machine, as it were, so they can express themselves as we do. Um, so just a quick moment of silence for those uh, who have paid the greatest uh, sacrifice, their lives. Uh, I appreciate you staying with me for that. Welcome to Nine Cents, A Satanic Perspective of Our Modern World. I'm your host, Adam Campbell, as I mentioned before. I have been working on the website a little bit, so that should be looking a little bit differently. Uh, Again, you know, I'm just trying to link up all the different social media avenues uh, available uh, in one place so you can sort of, you know attach yourself to this show however you'd like to review it or experience it however you'd like to. Um, So that did go down a little bit today, but it should be up and running. Everything should be working properly. And certainly by the time this comes out as uh, a downloadable mp3, you should be able to um, access the website without any issues at all. Everything should be working flawlessly. Um, I have a really good episode for you this week. Uh, In The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to be talking about the Church of Satan's Satanic Youth communique. In Infernal Informant, I'm going to be talking about Jared Lee Loner and his incompetence and what that means and shit like that. Um, I'm also going to be talking about kids who killed a chicken in school and got in trouble for it. Um, And in Creature Feature, I have the second in my Radio Free Satan interview series with Underworld Amusements Variety Hour. This interview went really, really long, so... I'm hoping my editing lumped it together in a coherent basis and it's going to be purely about the variety hour podcast. Um, and then later on, I don't know if it's gonna be next week or the following week or whenever, but I'll, uh, edit the interview specifically for some additional content that we talked about, uh, coming out of, uh, um, underworld amusements, the publishing uh, side of, uh, Reverend Kevin Islaughter's, um, Passions, I guess you could say. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's Memorial Day. And I I did, well, tomorrow will be Memorial Day. I did serve uh, for five years. I was never involved in a conflict. Um, Really lucky for that. I had a lot of friends who did go and and see various conflicts. Um, When I was serving, Kosovo was going on. Um, Bosnia was still rotating in and out of... Um, and then at the tail end of my services when 9-11 happened, so, you know, we were on 24 hour guard duty of the concern that I was stationed in in Germany, but I never actually saw any combat and never even wanted to. Um, that, that's something where my, my stepfather is a decorated veteran and knowing some of the things that he went through, uh, and just media in general in our country, um, you know, it's, 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 it's it's a disgusting thing, war, you know, so I, I was very pleased not to be involved in it, though, honestly, I did try to go back into the service after I had um, been honorably discharged after my contract, and because I had developed asthma, the tail end of my service, they wouldn't let me back in, uh, so I guess, you know, things work out however they do, but for all of you who are serving, thank you very much for your service. Um, We owe you everything. And for those of you uh, who have family members who have died, uh, thank you uh, for them and, and, you know, in their stead. Um, Let's go ahead and move over to the devil's advocate. I changed the opening sequence a little bit, just trying to play around and have a little bit of fun uh, let me know if you like it or not i'm still not quite there with it uh I've got a lot of i've got a lot of work still to do to before i i'm really happy with these bumpers between the segments so um here's the new one
1: The Satanic Scriptures hands down the wit, wisdom, and diabolical perspective of the Church of Satan's High Priest, Magus Peter H. Gilmore. These essays, articles, and diatribes have been collected from over 20 years of the High Priest's writings for his infernal cabal, some first issued in the pages of publications available only to insiders. From the magic of toys to techniques of time travel, Magus Gilmore leads the reader down a left-hand path where few will find what they expect. Magus Gilmore reveals principles of satanic ritual in a frank discussion of forbidden rites. What is a satanic funeral? How do satanists marry? Find out now, as these unholy ceremonies have never been disclosed outside of the church of Satan's hellish hierarchy. Here is the philosophy for those bold enough to be their own gods or devils. Visit thesatanicscriptures.com for more information released by Scapegoat Publishing. Available In paperback form from major booksellers and independents nationwide.
0: In this arid wilderness of steel and stone, I raise my voice that you may hear. To the east and to the west, I beckon. To the north and to the south, I show a sign proclaiming death to the weakling, wealth to the strong. Can I get a hell, Satan? Can I get a hell, Satan? We are the devil's advocates. (laughs) Alright, so I I did go a little bit far in that. Um, Just trying to have a little bit of fun with it, you know? But uh, I I think I I, I do have a lot of more work to do on that and maybe to tone it down initially and sort of build up. But anyway... Um, welcome to The Devil's Advocate, uh, and as always, let me preface this by saying that I am a Satanist, I am a member of the Church of Satan, but I do not speak for the Church of Satan. Today I'm going to be talking about the Satanic Youth Communique, and this is an article that is on the website under Theory and Practice, as most of the articles that I've been reviewing lately, although wow, I just really adjusted really quickly, and this is directed specifically to underage people who want to join the Church of Satan, or want to get involved with the church, but are underage in whatever culture that they're living in at the time. So, if you're in the United States of America, the age of adulthood is 18, and that's when you're going to be able to join the Church of Satan. Um, So, this article was sort of written to address those individuals on on a number of points. I'm not going to read it verbatim. I'm going to read the second paragraph and then drop down to the the questions involved in this article and sort of give you my take on them. You really should go check it out yourself. It's the Church of Satan Youth Communique on the Church of Satan website. And it goes as follows. If you've read our books, you know that Satanism isn't about taking drugs, and it isn't about harming animals or children. Unlike many religions and philosophies, Satanism respects and exalts life. Children and animals are the purest expressions of that life force, and as such are held sacred and precious in the eyes of the Satanist. Besides, it is very unsatanic to take any creature's life against its will, it is equally unsatanic to cloud your brain and impair your judgment with mind-altering substances. A real magician has no need of those kinds of things, and he should be able to bring about changes in the consciousness of, by the very power of his will and imagination so if you are a young individual the first thing you should do is go to a library or go to a bookstore or order online and get yourself a copy of the satanic bible and read it cover to cover because you cannot be a member of the organization does not mean you're not a Satanist, and this is something that you don't really discover until you've read the Satanic Bible, and if it resonates within you, if you come to an awakening of yourself and in your mind through reading it, well, then you are a Satanist, and you don't need a card to prove it. You just simply have to act it and be it. Live it. Um... The Church of Satan, or I'm sorry, the the Satanic Bible will help you do that. It'll explain how to do that. Well, here are some questions that this article addresses specifically. How old do I have to be to join the Church of Satan? And I touched on this already. It depends on the culture that you live in, the country that you live in, and the laws of that society. So if you're in the United States of America, it's 18. I'm sure some countries see adults at the age 14, um, and that would be fine. For that culture, what we're trying to do here um, as an organization is not look like those individuals preying on children. We have a bad enough stereotype as is. You know, we don't even draw in adults. We don't look out and proselytize and try to convert people. So it would be very, very kind of productive and against um, our 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 better image if we did try to you know bring in younger uh, individuals. Plus, with the stereotypes that we fight off on a daily basis, um, but still are attached to us, um, having children in the organization feeds into that on a, a, a disturbing accusation level, you know, accusatory level, um, for those creating the lies. So we just want to avoid that altogether. Be an adult if you want to be a member of the Church of Satan um, but that doesn't preclude you, as I mentioned before, from being a Satanist. Um, Do I have to become a member to be a real Satanist? Absolutely not. And in fact, the only time anyone ever realizes they're a real Satanist is after they've read the Satanic Bible and realized that, yeah, this is how I've always thought, this is how I've always expressed myself, and these are great ways for me to make myself a better me and and sort of um, build on what you already believe and uh, understand and accept. Um, Another question here. My parents and friends don't understand me and don't approve of my interest in Satanism. How can I make them accept my beliefs and where can I go to perform my rituals? It's sort of a two-parter here. You're never going to convince someone who is adamant against something else. And this is something that I talked about in earlier episodes, where, despite proof, if you are predisposed to an idea, then proof doesn't matter. You are just going to believe what you've always believed, even if it's a fucking lie. And in the case of being against Satanism for the reasons that were highlighted in the era, in the 80s, um, which is commonly referred to as the Satanic Panic, Uh, there's nothing you can tell to those people. And no way to express yourself directly to them to convince them that it's anything but the lies that they've been told it is. So what you can do is live your life as best you can. Succeed through being a Satanist, as all of us do. And through that example, you will turn their minds. You will help them understand that what they did believe is a lie. But if you directly try to confront them, it's not going to serve you in any good way. You know, it's just going to cause more problems. Um, And then how can you uh, perform your rituals? Well, you don't absolutely have to have a ritual chamber. Um, And and this article talks about it briefly, but the Satanic Bible references um, lesser magic. And, And though it's not you know, greater magic ritual form, lesser magic is a fantastic way of not only achieving goals that you set in life, but also in expressing yourself uh, in a positive way and how to have positive results from that. You don't need a shopping list of items, of things, of tangibles, in order to perform rituals. One of the most powerful aspects of Satanists is our ability to imagine results and, through our will, make those happen. And none of that has anything to do with a physical thing. So you can perform rituals, Uh, you can go out into the wilderness if you can be alone somewhere, and just express yourself um, in the the safest (laughs) and uh, most beneficial way you can. Uh, You can do it in your room if you'd like. Um, You know, it depends on your individual circumstances, but you don't have to have things. You know, that's the most important thing to understand. Uh, Question, is it better to study and ritualize alone or to work with others? Well, you know, because we're talking specifically about people who are not members of the Church of Satan and and hopefully are not interacting um, on a professional level with other people, real Satanists. And I say that because it's one thing to, um, uh, it's one thing to have friends who believe the same, but in the end, everyone has individual capacities of understanding. And though you may have a friend who claims to be a Satanist or an uncle or a cousin, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are a Satanist, you know, I mean, some people will, will come into this um, organization and, and into this philosophy because they want to get something out of it, not because it's a true reflection of themselves. And so you always want to be careful of that. And the only way to really know is to talk to them and have a, a complete understanding of the philosophy itself. And if you are realistically a, a younger individual which is being introduced to it, you probably don't have that understanding. So it's harder for you to make the judgment on whether or not, uh, the people you're surrounding yourself with are true Satanists. So it, in my personal opinion, as a, as a young individual, it is important that you walk your own path. And that's sort of the way that Satanists do it anyway. Um, though there are groups of us who prefer to have greater magic ceremonies together, um, And, uh, you know, occasionally we do that. It's not something that is like, you know, a regular thing. Every Tuesday night we're going to go perform a ritual, you know. So keep in mind, the answer, as I would give it to you, is you are an individual, a very powerful one. You're a Satanist. You are special. So you don't need other people to prove that. And you don't need other people to validate that. Uh, another question here, um, do I need all the things mentioned in the Satanic Bible to do my rituals? So I addressed that already. Uh, so just, just keep in mind that there are people that prey on Satanists. Um, so go to the website, I talked last week about the Satanic Bunko Sheet, review that at the website, and understand that because you are waiting... To, if, if you do truly desire to be a member of the Church of Satan, we'll analyze why you want to be in the organization and study up on it. And if it turns out that this isn't what you thought it was, well, then don't join. Go find something that works for you, because we don't want people that are um, partial Satanists, You know that, that, that claim or attach themselves to one or two elements of it, but disregard the rest, because that's not what we are. You know, we're, we're a, an organization filled with a, a lot of very different types of people, but we are all very creative and very powerful and very sincere in our convictions. And if you are not, then you are not one of us. But if you are, welcome to the Infernal Empire. That's going to be it for the Devil's Advocate today. Let's go ahead and move over to the Infernal Informant.
1: Is this thing on? All right. Is it the same organ now? You got it. All right. Uh, this year's um, Citizens Against Decency uh, Book Award uh, goes to Stephanie Crabe and uh, uh, Motel Bazaar. It's, uh, yes, excuse you. It's, it's not just a uh, book, photo book of uh, truck stop lesbians, wacko cult leaders, racists, trannies, and the uh, grossly obese. It also has uh, tits in it, which uh, I uh, I can appreciate. Without uh, further ado, Cat Award for the Advancement of Immorality in uh, Books. Uh, Stephanie, where are you, darling? Come on up. What? what what's that? I, I was supposed to go by. Motel Bazaar by Stephanie Crabe. Available through scapegoatpublishing.com. Four oh, years of darkness! Earthquakes, volcanoes, the are rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, doves, and cats living together in mass hysteria. Oh, in the
0: Infernal Informant! Welcome to the Infernal Informant. And I have audio problems again. Alright, so this is an article from WTOV9. And it is high school students accused of killing chicken... Cookout. It was posted uh, May 20th, 2011. From Brook County, West Virginia. And it reads as follows. Two Brook Hi- <laughs> yeah. High School students are accused of killing a chicken outside of a vocational classroom with the intentions of eating it at a cookout, the superintendent said. News 9 received an email about the incident Thursday night, and Superintendent Kathy Kidder, a former I'm sorry, confirmed it happened. Two male students, a senior and a junior, were involved, Kidder said. She said that they were disciplined immediately. She said the extent of the student's punishment won't be known until the school board finishes its investigation. Kidder said the students had asked the principal if they could have a cookout earlier in the week and were told no. However, the students then went to the vocational director who approved the cookout unaware of the principal's decision um, Kidder said one of the students raises chickens at home and brought two live chickens to the school on Thursday the students allegedly snuck out of class and cut the heads off one of the chicken with a knife in the lawn outside the vocational classroom Kitter said I kind of messed that line up A teacher who was inside the classroom saw what happened and stopped the student before he slaughtered the second animal. In a statement to school officials, the student said he intended on cooking it on a grill near the school. Quote, We have a very large cooker on wheels located behind the building, Kidder said. It has been used in the past for celebrations. The cooker is gone. It was removed yesterday. Kidder said other students saw the incident. She went to the school immediately after she was notified. Quote, I thought it was appalling. I was very angry. When I first heard it, I was sickened by it, she said. I know some people get their chickens in this manner, but not as a spectacle. End quote. You know, before I finish this article, everyone gets their fucking chickens this way. It may not be a kid doing it outside of school, but how the fuck do you think KFC gets the fucking chickens to fry up? So you can shove down your fat fucking throat. Like, honestly, what do fucking people think their food comes from? Are we that far removed from reality that we think a kid fucking killing a chicken for his vocational class to cook and eat is a bad thing? Now, when I first heard that, you know, I'm kind of going off because it's a little bit upsetting for me. When I first heard this story, I didn't, I I didn't make a connection that they were going to eat it. So I was like, oh, how could a fucking kid kill a chicken? You know, fuck him. There's something wrong with these kids. And then finding out why he did it? Well, fucking okay. What's the big fucking deal? They're in West Virginia. This can't be the only person that has a fucking chicken that gets killed to be eaten. It's West Virginia. You know, it's not fucking uptown New York. This is insane to me. Um, that she would say it was appalling and she was very angry. What's the fucking big deal? Like, I don't understand. Now, I get if they did in some weird ritualistic, like, theatrical way that, that, that some people may have been, uh, offended by. You know, I don't buy into the offense portion of it. <clears throat> but if, if you're making it into like this big hullabaloo rather than a process of cooking food to eat or, or to, um, you know, perform some sort of educational instructional thing. Well, I can see how the school may not want that, but to discipline the kids because of it. Now I get that they probably shouldn't have gone to the teacher after the principal already said no. Um, you know what? But it's a fucking vocational class where they're probably learning home ec and they're probably learning how to cook and they just wanted to have fucking fresh food and, you know, show people how it's done. And if it's in from an educational stance and they're actually going to fucking eat the animals... Who fucking cares? Uh, okay, well, let me let me finish up with the article here. Um, uh, this is two students out of 3,400, and unfortunately we have in our society people who want to make a news story out of everything, Kidder said. <clears throat> Excuse me. The teacher of the class, whose name was not released, was not working on Friday pending the investigation, she said. You gotta be fucking kidding. There better not be any fucking any repercussions for this instructor, and for the school, or for the fucking kids. This is ridiculous. Brook County residents like Scott Gallagher were talking about the incident. Gallagher said, quote, I think it could have been done in a more private setting. I think there's a place for that. Everybody eats chicken, but not everyone sees the chicken slaughtered. Well, maybe they fucking should. Maybe knowing where your food comes from and understanding the process involved would lead to a better-informed society on eating habits, maybe? I mean, if you just think that it's some packaged thing, or just comes in a bucket, how can you make the educated decisions on whether you're going to be eating properly or whether the food is prepared correctly? You know, you're you're living in ignorance. Gabriella Arlia of Fallensby said, quote, I used to hold the chicken while my mother cuts it, cut its head off that's how we got chicken every sunday others like Alice Brandon of New Alexandria, Ohio said, "quote that is so gross. I think that is so gross. I don't know where their parents were, but that is totally gross." Alice Brandon, you are a fucking dard. <laughs> and you are so totally gross. Give me a fucking break. So it's just, okay, so that's the entire article. And I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was so absurd that these kids were getting in trouble in a vocational class for killing a chicken to be cooked and fed to everyone. And that people were acting like it was such a horrible thing. I just, you know, it's just ridiculous that we can't fucking understand or see any form of violence, even if it's to fucking feed yourself. God damn, it's just fucking ridiculous. Alright, well anyway, let's move on to the second article, which I am just (laughs) as uh, passionate, if not more so, about. And this is actually from BBC News, U.S. and Canada, 25th May 2011. Jared Loner ruled unfit to stand trial. The man accused of killing six people and injuring a U.S. Congresswoman on January shooting Rampage in Arizona has been found incompetent to stand trial. The ruling by U.S. District Judge Larry Burns puts Jared Lohner's prosecution on hold indefinitely. He will be sent to a federal facility in an effort to restore his competency. Six died and 13 were injured in the shooting, including Representative Gabrielle Giffords. Mr. Lohner, 21, has pleaded not guilty to the attack. Watched on television. At the hearing into Mr. Lohner's mental competency in Tucson, Arizona on Wednesday, he was removed from the federal court following an outburst. The defendant, I'm sorry, the defendant lowered his head, loudly mumbling what sounded like, thank you for the freak show, she died in front of me, and was taken away by U.S. Marshals, the Associated Press reported. Judge Larry Burns later allowed Mr. Lohner to watch proceedings on a television in another room, then handed down his ruling. Before Wednesday's hearing, Mr. Lohner had spent five weeks in March and April undergoing a mental evaluation by court-appointed experts, and Mr. Burns based his ruling on the undisclosed report. Mr. Lohner, who was rejected by the U.S. military and suspended from college over concerns for his mental health, has been held since the 8th January attack on Mrs. Giverd's constituency event at a store in Tucson, Arizona. He's charged with 49 federal counts in connection with the attack. Treatment attempt. Mrs. Giffords, who was shot in the head, has made what doctors have called a remarkable recovery, but she has yet to appear in public. Mr. Lohner will now be sent for a maximum of four months to a facility where doctors will attempt to treat him. If he is later deemed competent, the trial will proceed, and if not, his detention at the mental health facility can again be extended. If doctors say they were unable to restore Mr. Lohner's competency and a judge rules he cannot be tried, authorities can still petition. To have him held. So, here's my understanding of this. He's fucking crazy. So he goes out and shoots a bunch of innocent people. He gets thrown in fucking prison. And because he's fucking crazy, they're giving him the option of getting off scot-fucking-free. It says at the end, if they are unable to restore Mr. Loner's competency, and a judge rules he cannot be tried, they can petition to have him held meaning he wouldn't be held otherwise he would just go live a cush fucking existence where the fuck's where the fuck's where the fuck is lex talionis at what point do we as a society have to take a step back and say you know what this fucker did something he needs to be held accountable for his actions there are certain consequences to things that we do in a day-to-day basis if i don't pay my bills my power gets shut down or I get kicked out of my fucking house. It doesn't matter how stable I am mentally. But if I go out and shoot someone, if I'm not stable mentally, then I don't get fucking... You know what? He should be fucking executed immediately. Stop the fucking freak show. Save everyone in our fucking country the money of the trial. Let's move on. This guy isn't fucking worth it. But the fact that we're allowing doctors, and I understand that mental illness is a serious issue and that people aren't being treated the way that they should be to prevent actions like this but once these actions have been done they no longer get that fucking fair child gloved treatment they fucking killed multiple other people in, in this case he fucking killed them It is only rational to stop the fucking madness and put this bitch out of his fucking misery. If he can't be fucking brought around to a conscious state, it shouldn't fucking matter because he still fucking did the action. And is this what we're telling everyone? Is that it's okay? At what point do, and it's already going on now, so I'm just really bringing it up for fucking entertainment's sake here. But at what point do real conscious criminals use this defense to get off? And, you know, they're already fucking doing it. So why don't we fucking stop the madness? Why don't we just fucking allow natural order of things and just fucking put this guy down like the fucking dog he is instead of letting him fucking live a nice, coosh fucking existence after fucking killing innocent fucking people? That could have been your fucking brother. That could have been your sister, your mom. It could have been you. And I don't know about you out there, but if that was my family, I wouldn't fucking care if he's mentally... I I have no connection with this guy, and I still don't care. But I'm just saying, if it is my fucking blood that's been spilled on there, this guy needs to fucking end, period. You know, at some point, sometimes I think the psych- psychiatric field is really an extension of this sort of Islamic Judeo-Christian idea that everyone can be saved. And you know what? No. Everyone can't be fucking saved. Some people are just sick fucks that will continue, no matter how much fucking niceties you lay at their feet, to be sick fucks. And you need to fucking end them. Because they're not helping anyone. They're actually doing the exact opposite. And ending lives. So end theirs. That's how I see it. You know what? We should really have gone back to this Lex Talionis principle, this eye for an eye uh, the punishment fits the crime type of criminal justice and I get people are wrongly convicted and that's why we, why we have um, uh, the judicial system that we do and I understand that mistakes are made in there, but in this particular case, there's no fucking mistake there's no misunderstanding this guy fucking did it put him down like the fucking dog he is and end the fucking madness. It's just ridiculous because you know, he's going to be picking up the bill for that fucking cushy hospital lifestyle that he's going to be living in us. We're going to be paying for him to live. And I don't like that. I think that's bullshit. I think you do too. So that's, that's it for the infernal informant. It's really upsetting and it really fucking makes me angry. But you know what doesn't make me angry? This really kick-ass interview coming up in the Infernal Informant. So uh, let's move immediately over to the Infernal Informant, and let's hear what Reverend Kevin Slaughter has to say about his podcast. Now available from Purging Talon is the debut authored book by Church of Satan Magister, Matt G. Paradise, Bearing the Devil's Mark. Bearing the Devil's Mark is a bold and no-nonsense treatise on the subject of Satanism. Not from the perverse pen of bitter and jealous Christians, or even their pagan counterparts, but straight from the Satanic perspective itself. Sex, love, politics, technology, the God religions, and more. All brought to you by someone with over 25 years of actively living the Satanic philosophy. To order, log on to purgingtalon.com. Bearing the Devil's Mark, new from Purging Talon. Do you bear the mark?
1: The sky is dark, moon piercing the night. Through the trees the damsel in distress comes, breaking
0: through the underbrush. Fear! painted on her face. The darkness hunting her is
1: near. Chasing the
0: swamp water slowing her escape. The creature nears, the damsel turns, hands rising to her sides as a last effort to thrust the creature back! Welcome to Creature Feature. Welcome to another Creature Feature. I'm being joined today by Reverend Kevin I. Slaughter from Underworld Amusement's Variety Hour. Thank you for joining me, Reverend. Uh, how are you doing today?
1: I'm pretty good.
0: I wanted to talk to you and uh, about your your podcast, Underworld Amusements Variety mm-hmm. Hour. Uh, I've been listening to this for a while, and I think it's it's fucking fabulous. I, I oh, well, love the thank uh, you the atmosphere that I I sort of drift into when I'm listening to it. <laughs> and you're obviously um, a, a big part of the Radio Free Setting Network, and I'm really wanting to get in, get to know the other DJs on the network and let my threes of people that listen to my podcast know <laughs> about you, <laughs> if if they haven't heard of you already, or if they haven't heard your show, and uh, you know, sure. sort of uh, promote everyone else on the network at the same time.
1: Oh, that's great! That's so, great. I, I appreciate it. I
0: was wondering, can you tell me a, a little bit about yourself?
1: Um, sure. Uh, I'll get, try to give you the uh, the truncated uh, biography as much as possible. Um, I I think thematically. Uh, I've always uh, shown an interest in kind of controlling my own media and that really started in uh, in middle school uh, and I st- was running a, a WIV BBS at, on a 2400 baud modem um, on an 8088 I was already do you know BBSing telecommunicating uh, before people knew what the internet was on these um, privately run computer networks called BBSs um, and uh, in the early 90s, um, about the same time that my interest in Satanism and the occult grew, uh, I uh, kind of uh, uh, shifted the, uh, the, the the theme of my BBS that I ran in that direction. There was another guy in Chicago who also ran a BBS that focused on Satanism, and I would call on my computer, to hit, you know, <laughs> from my house to his computer in his house, because you know, most BBSs were single phone lines, so only one person could be on beautiful. it at a time. And My BBS wasn't exclusive to Satanism, but there was quite a bit of it there. Um, you know, around the same time, I was also, you know, into the Church of the Subgenius and all that kind of, uh, that you know, 90s, early 90s weirdness. And I published uh, two issues of a, a zine back when uh, those were big, and Fact Sheet 5 reviewed it. and. Um, I'd imagine a lot of kids are going to have no fucking clue what <laughs> BS's or, or zines are but I actually before that when I, in middle school in the first year of high school, a good pal of mine and I published uh, zines before we knew what zines were we basically just kind of handed it out and uh, and and. Uh, had a little bit of subversive content and we got into a little bit of trouble in <laughs> high school. Um, but I was also really inspired, uh, once I did discover uh, these zines, um, really inspired by the work of Matt Paradise with his um, Not Like Most, and he was doing yeah. Poo Poo Magazine at the time, and um, uh, he had a, a little group of people that was uh, working together doing some cool stuff. I guess to, to go back again, it was, uh, in the mid nineties, I was performing in a, uh, with a, with a good pal in a small avant-garde industrial noise project called Eurelius sect. And, um, it was around that time I finally read the satanic Bible and other works by LeVay and I read everything I could find and, and, and research the organization as much as possible. And it was a lot fucking harder back then Yeah, yeah. before the, before the internet, um, you know, I it was in uh, 1996 that uh, I decided I had already decided that I was a, a Satanist. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I felt that label was applicable to my worldview. Um, you know, it's uh, and and that's how it is. You know, I didn't mean, there was no conversion. You don't convert to Satanism. You right. you, you find it and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's, that's, <laughs> that's correct. You know, it's like like learning gravity. Well, that's correct. <laughs> I accept that. That's that's it, and, and I accept that uh, the, the satanic view is uh, is is the same thing as, as as my view, my instinctual view. And so, of course, accepting the label Satanist is completely different than joining the Church of Satan. I, you know, I've always oh, been real yeah. shy. And joining organizations that really had, had any kind of a meaning. But, uh, but eventually, I was satisfied with the research I did on the Church of Satan. It didn't seem like a, although it was a weirdo organization, it was a <laughs> sham, scam weirdo organization. Right. And uh, so I did that in 1996. Uh, after that point, I ran a small mail-order company for many years called The Denim Iniquity. I dealt primarily in books and periodicals relating to Satanism, and I produced a lot of my own published uh, stuff and some work of other people's. Eventually, all that crashed and burned to a combination of things, including uh, hackers and a uh, credit card company like, cracking down on me because I ostensibly sold adult merchandise, which... Frederick Nietzsche and Anton LaVey are not necessarily juvenilia, but <laughs> you know, I think I, you know, I wasn't selling pornographies, right. but whatever. You who are you gonna, you going to argue with the credit card company? No, they're not going <laughs> to do anything anyway. Number of things that crashed and burned. I started working uh, about ten years ago. I moved to uh, to Baltimore. I worked, for, uh, worked m- for many years with an indie record label called Reptilian Records, doing all the uh, graphic design website stuff and, and whatever. And the owner of that label, Chris X, and I started Scapegoat Publishing, uh, through which uh, we've published a number of excellent titles, including Jack Donovan's, uh, at the time, Jack Milo Branch's, uh Androphilia, uh, reprinting Jim Goat's Answer Me, uh, publishing, uh, of course, Peter H. Gilmore's *The Satanic Scriptures*, um, which is the overdue third printing of <laughs> is just arriving to our distributor's warehouse in L.A. right now, Fantastic. and uh, copies should be making their way back onto shelves in uh, bookstores across uh, the country and, uh, and the you know online bookstores soon. So that was delayed for few reasons but it's uh the printing is is here uh and uh will be making its way back out i know it's unavailable for a little bit of time unfortunately but a few years ago i um i started up uh another company for my personal projects named underworld amusements and uh and at some point uh two years ago or so i decided to uh start doing a podcast and uh then uh, eventually, all of that culminated in my appearance here. So it's all been worth it.
0: <laughs> well, we will let uh, the audience judge on this part of the tale. <laughs> as far as everything preceding it, uh, fantastic, man!
1: No, um, and actually, the guy—the guy I—the guy, um, guy I mentioned that was out of Chicago that ran the BBS. Um, he is actually the same guy who started Radio Free Satan, and I was actually one of the uh, first people to agree to do a show. It was under the idea that it would just be temporary uh, to kind of help him get things started because he, you know, he was just trying to find some people to fill up some time. So I was one of the first people to do a show on Radio Free Satan. I was also one of the first people to stop doing a show on Radio Free <laughs> right. Satan. Um, I guess I. Uh, to to wrap up this me 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 bullshit um i've uh as, as far as like art goes or whatever you want to call it uh, i'm a graphic designer um a sign maker publisher i've uh, been a nerve.com featured artist had uh work in the baltimore erotic art show curated a gallery show called Germophilia and the former germ books in Philadelphia. I've had articles published in, not like most, in the Black Flame, the the most prominent or associated with uh, uh, the theme of this show. Been interviewed in various satanic magazines over the years and done some representation of the Church of Satan in the public, including uh, some radio interviews and Satanism Today, when David Harris was doing that back in the day, and And there we go. So I think that's most of the information about me that's pertinent to uh, uh, a show about Satanism. Oh, and uh, and at some point uh, along the way, I was uh, given the title of uh, uh, priesthood in the Church of Satan.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's pretty intimidating, I got to tell you, man. Just uh, the entire uh, scope of it. That's, That's good stuff.
1: The first show that I did was called Nostrum.
0: So what was Nostrum
1: about? Uh, Nostrum was actually music. It was just it was just all music. Um, it was um, industrial noise, um, weirdness. Um, I got I had the uh, the the first song to be banned from Radio Free Satan. It was a song called Hate Fuck Blood Oath by a band called Striker. It was from a compilation that featured uh, Charles Manson and Michael Moynihan of Blood Axis or first musical project, Coup de Gras. It was pretty brutal and repetitive song. And at the time, the guy who ran uh, and started Radio Free Satan, he monitored the stream, and, uh, and all of the shows would just cycle uh, day in and day out because he was running a single radio stream. Mm-hmm. So he literally, and, and the shows would be for a week, so uh, he would have to hear this song that repeated the phrase hate, fuck, blood oath. Uh, over and over again, probably uh, four times a day, uh, <laughs> seven days uh, solid. And he said, "You know, I, I never thought that I would ask somebody to never play a song again, uh, but he's never play that song again."
0: I can't take no more.
1: <laughs> uh, it was pretty brutal. I, I really didn't uh, take uh, take his uh, uh monitoring of the stream into consideration when I uh put it on, but uh still uh might have done it anyway
0: <laughs> so what caused you to leave
1: It was really just uh a temporary thing i I, I told him I wasn't able to um, to to do a a radio show every week for and you know I wasn't ready to commit to that for any extended period of time, um, so it was kind of um, it was kind of understood um, from from the start that it would only be uh, a short amount of time, and, and that was it. I, I was just working on a lot of different things, I had a full time job, uh, and then running a, m- my mail order company full time, and and doing you know and I'm, I've always been involved in way too many projects at any given point um, and, uh, and that was just you know one pro- working on a lot of different projects where I set the timetable I can shuffle stuff around but yeah. when there's, when I've got to do a show every week, you know, whatever that, you know, I just I, I, couldn't, I couldn't commit to that because I had too much other stuff that, that I needed to take precedence over which is why I don't do the Underworld Amusements Variety Hour podcast weekly um, I put it out when I think I have um, when I have the time to put together a, a podcast where I think I've got something worth saying, or somebody I've interviewed that's uh, I think is uh, going to have something interesting to say, and um, and I put it out on that schedule as is.
0: So it's really just pretty sporadic then.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, wanted to put together. Po- I had I had started doing a podcast for Scapegoat um, Scapegoat Publishing. Went into a bit of a hiatus uh, as far as putting out new materials, um, and I, uh, which is part of the uh, the reason I really wanted to get uh, Underworld Amusements going. Um, uh, it, you know, it's it's more or less uh, something interesting for me to do. Uh, That's it's fun when I do it. It helps promote uh, the publishing that I do uh, because I publish weird books that nobody gives a shit about. So (laughs) find the people who do few and far between trying to reach those people. I'm going to you know, I figured the you know, I, I do social networking, I have a website, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the one easy thing I can do is put a podcast with uh, uh, a bunch of weirdos on it out occasionally, and hope, hopefully that'll make its way uh, into the ether. Actually, one of the reasons why I haven't put out an episode recently is because I'm trying to focus on uh, doing more video. I've done a few things on YouTube, which m- basically were... Excerpts from the podcast that had still images uh, laid over it. Um, I think they looked good, but it was still stills. But I have a a, a really nice uh, camera. It's a Panasonic GH2 that does amazing video, and it's a it's like a Micro Four Thirds. It's a DSR, DSLR DSLR t- type camera that does really great stills and great video. Um, I have uh, I invested in lavalier microphones and. Um, tripods and all of and, and all of that shit in order to 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 maybe do some video work, which is a lot more uh, time intensive i 've done some video editing in the past a couple of days ago got a new system that can handle high def video and uh, i 'm editing a uh, a lecture that I gave at um a, a, a local art school it 's uh MICA, the Maryland Institute for art fags, whatever.
0: Uh, <laughs> I've actually heard excerpts of that. I, and I, I listened to the stream that you had put up, the early cut.
1: Oh, okay. And the, uh, the, I, the I really want to
0: hear the full thing.
1: Yeah, I was really, really happy with uh, with how it came out. The lecture's about an hour long. And then I did about, um, you know, 20 minutes or so of Q&A afterwards. It was, it, was, um, it went really well. So I want to put a nice video package together Primarily to help m- me learn the um, learn the software, you know, uh, learn how to and and you know, but also because uh, I think it's uh, I think it'll be interesting. It's the topic is is uh, Satanism and the Church of Satan. I think I uh, the main goal was to uh, give a lecture on Satanism that wouldn't bore me if I listened to it. Um, I, I you know. One of the amazing things about Peter H. Gilmore is he's always really good at giving a discussion about the fundamentals um, and uh, uh, going over the same basic shit over and over again, and I can't. He does a great job at it. I've considered myself a Satanist since 1996. You know, I've heard the nine Satanic statements, although <laughs> once or twice before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I tried to, so I give some of the basic information, but uh, I also hopefully there's stuff, uh, something interesting in there for, for people who have uh, been around the block one or two times.
0: I tend to really enjoy hearing other people's takes on it because you know we have sort of the archive on the Church of Satan website of, of interviews and stuff, but I always like hearing people I haven't heard before talk about it. Sure. I think um, though the message is the same, there's always a slight different take on it. Oh, yeah. And, and certainly in the delivery, and that's how... You know, personally, I, I really—that's the part I enjoy about it because you know, obviously, the information is never changed, so mm. you're never going to get like fresh, new anything,
1: <clears throat>
0: except for individual, you know, stories and essays and stuff.
1: So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I it's really a variation upon a me. theme uh, to, to some degree as far as the Satanism goes. Yeah.
0: You've been a part of Radio for Satan for a while, pretty much on your own schedule for releasing podcasts. Maybe we can talk a little bit specifically about the podcast um, variety. Sure. Or, for those of you who haven't heard this, what the fuck is wrong with you? More seriously, uh, it's it's almost invariably always about a piece of literature surrounded by music and character, I would say. Uh, h- how would you describe your podcast?
1: I have a hard time doing that because I've had to try to describe it a few times, and uh, I think one of the things I... Um, decided to call it the Variety Hour because uh, even though I tried to put some sort of limitations on content and form on myself early, I knew I wasn't going to stick to it very well. So I knew not only would I not be necessarily consistently putting out an hour's worth of uh, <laughs> information, but uh, it, uh, it, wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be the same stuff all the time. So I even have... Um, I have a couple of episodes that are purely going to be musical, but it will have an you know interesting themes. the The format was going to change around, um, and I, I you know because of that, it's difficult to describe. I mean, I've had early show uh, Swiss surrealist H.R. Giger, you know, in, uh, that I interviewed in his. Um, in his uh, chateau attached to his uh, museum in Gruer, Switzerland, um, and I was in, in Switzerland uh, at the Geiger Museum because I married. I was officiated a wedding in uh, in the spell room, which has the um, triptych of, of three paintings that are my favorite paintings in the world. I did a performed a satanic wedding in Geiger's museum. That was amazing. That's to I actually I guess one of the uh, music. Related episodes that I'm uh, going to be putting together is an all uh, North Korean pop music special, uh, cool. and the idea is, is uh, that I'm uh, that that North Korea has um, that Kim Jong Il uh, in um, uh, in trying to promote the heir apparent to Kim Jong-il's presidency. Anyway, the idea is, the lie that will be told to set the show up will be that they have contracted with me to produce, to to introduce uh, North Korean pop music to um, stupid lazy Americans and the superiority (laughs) of of, uh, North Korean industry, et cetera. I want to write some some jokes about uh, uh, North Korea.
0: On the music in your show, yeah how do you how do you go about choosing that how do you find that
1: stuff I guess I've done a, a number of like the sh, you know the shows vary and the and the music like sometimes the music that I'll just uh cap onto the end of the show uh will be something that i listen to but then I did that series of um
0: megan scopes trial the
1: the megan scopes trial, so I pulled music that was from the period and 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 some that were directly related. To, uh, okay, to what, the scope trial itself, but is that's that... what I'm
0: going through right now, and, and sort of listening to. So that's that's oh, kind of okay. where I was pulling it from. Uh, just this, you know, really 1920s centric tunes. I thought were really really nice.
1: It really depends on on the episode. What I'm doing in the episode, I try to put together either music that uh, is um, germane to the to the theme of the episode. <laughs> Or it'll just be something that I personally like. Um, there's this Swedish band called First Aid Kit uh, that have that are just amazing. I swore they were these two little girls from Texas. Um, just fell in love with their their music. Found out that they were fucking Swedish. Blew my <laughs> mind. Um, and uh, so they've got a song called Hard Believer that I, I you know I recommend. Even uh, uh, their stuff is on YouTube. But uh, uh, <laughs> next nice band. Um, but then I did a series of uh, episodes where I read the um, I read H.L. Mencken's um, stories that he uh, that were printed in the Baltimore Sun for the the legendary Monkey Trial, the Scopes uh, evolution trial. And so with that, obviously, I pulled um, I pulled interesting songs. From the period, I fudged a little here and there as far as the years go, but um, uh, and and there are a few songs that I was able to find that actually spoke directly about the trial. Uh, you'll never make a monkey out of me, and 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 so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, it's just uh, it's either I really you know it's either kind of I like it and it's germane to the show, or I like it and I'll put it in anyway. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: I got to say, either way, it, it's it's always really nice that the the production value of your show makes me not want to do mine.
1: I, well, I tell you what, after just about every single episode, um, I hit export to MP3, and I think, fuck, I just wish I could have done that right, but I'm just gonna have to put it out as it is. <laughs> I'm going for a certain kind of a thing, and. If I tried to do my show every week, that's you know, I I'd drive myself crazy. I wouldn't want to do it because I'm doing it. I'm, I'm sure as you are. I'm doing this all all myself, right. you know. So I've got to I've got to do everything. I would stop fucking doing it. That uh, do it <laughs> if I did it every week because it would just take up too much time. I've actually got one one episode now um, with an interview with uh, Makita Brotman um, who's in Oxford she had a master's degree from Oxford she's written a number of books uh, some film books on the history of like cannibal movies and and, um, and so on and I've got a real interesting produced idea that I'm going to be interviewing her and then I've got five other people that I've interviewed and and these the, you know these, these interviews are going to be like intercut or whatever it's going to be pretty involved in one of those things that probably should have five or six people working on it but uh it's me and that's why it's going to take probably another month or so before it comes out
0: <laughs> still that's that's pretty ambitious that's cool
1: oh, yeah and then and then yeah i i want to do video i want to do some some interesting stuff and hopefully i uh, i'm not committing myself to uh to to any real long-form projects but uh I do have a a friend whose name listeners will will would know he's going to be coming visiting uh in a couple of months and I'm going to do uh do a, do an interview with him and he's a um magister and uh hopefully I'll, I'll put that out i do a nice nice interview nice moody visuals and uh and uh might spin that into a series uh it would be cool to do some visually good-looking interviews with different uh members of the hierarchy
0: yeah that would be cool i tend to find that um and there's always sort of a a line you've got to walk in my opinion from it being dark interesting and moody Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: extremely campy and um, oh jesus yeah i don't know just uh, sort of overblown and and I've, i've seen a couple um Videos that are you know floating out there that are like that, and it's just like oh, you're not uh, doing a service uh, to one the 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 church of Satan, and, and oh. certainly not to the individuals involved.
1: I might have seen some of the the videos you're referring to. I, I I've been really hesitant to uh, to actually start putting videos on YouTube because, um, oh gosh, it was a little while back I when uh, I, I started considering doing some some video work. I, I was looking on you YouTube to see what, what individuals were putting on there. And, uh, and I'd seen, I won't name any names. I mean, there's, there's a number of people who have uh, axes to grind uh, with the, with the church of Satan, with Peter yeah. Gilmore or with, you know uh, whatever. And uh, they've just put a ton of garbage out there and they, they, they fight with one another, they'll put video responses and <laughs> involved and I, and I look at this and I'm like, "I don't want to be a fucking part of this. I just want to put a nice looking, fucking interesting video on there without having some fucking idiot in his basement with a goddamn black towel over his head and a <laughs> round. Posting a response about how you know whatever he's gonna fucking make up right. you know so I believe there are ways to restrict you know comments and and whatever, and uh the videos I do have on i t- I tend to to moderate comments so
0: nice let me ask you about your um satanic lecture are are you planning on bringing that to your podcast?
1: Yeah, yeah uh I mean I'll probably run the 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 audio. I'm going to hold off until the video is done because I I really want people to watch the video because I'm going to put be putting many, many hours into – I don't want to – of course, I don't want to hype that up too much because if it looks like crap when I'm done – Yeah, he been eight uh, days. I, how many – what? Uh, no, because I'm, yeah, I'm going to put a lot of time and effort. And, 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 and actually, I guess – with the, the, the camera and the recording equipment and the uh, new system that I purchased uh, that can handle high def video, I'm starting to refer to this as the $5,000 lecture. Uh, <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's what I've spent in the uh, uh, past few months to uh, to actually get to this to the point to be able to record and and edit and so get this. Hell. You know, obviously, that's that all that is an investment in equipment to do stuff in the future, and the the lecture is just kind of the first, um, will be the first significant video. So, you would you had that recorded with your equipment? Yeah, yeah, I I I use my my GH2 to uh, to film that. Yes, so when I, you know, uh, as a speaker, uh, as as uh, both crew and talent. I come into this classroom full of students waiting, uh, some, uh, some with already, uh, 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 you know, an oppositional frame of mind, and uh, here I am with a giant bag, and I have to run to the back of the room, set up a tripod and camera, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, then walk back up to the front of the room, in front of everybody, and then, uh, then start giving my lecture, so, <laughs> no. but it worked out well. I got, You know, really good uh, engagement. Afterwards, and uh, although one of the, uh, one of the students arrived with this just giant oversized crucifix on, oh, no. uh, uh, I, I didn't have a single, single aggressive like comment or question afterwards. It was all pretty, pretty sincere. i didn't really hold back at all as I told uh, it part of my lecture was uh, i'm not here to sell you incense pewter trinkets or books of secrets." I'm a professional graphic designer, publisher, and sign maker, among other things. That said, I'm also not here to change your personal beliefs, and I'm certainly not here to recruit. Satanism is not evangelistic. Don't take offense, but I don't care if you agree or disagree with me at the end. My goal is to entertain you for a few minutes, maybe give you something to consider. Then I'll answer a few questions, and then we will most likely never cross paths again. The <laughs> conversation I received from speaking to you has nothing whatsoever to do with, with the future state of your souls or the associations you choose. That said, I'll answer questions when I'm done, and I will take them seriously. <laughs> now, you know, I start off telling him, you know, I don't give a shit if I change your mind about anything I say, uh, but you know, it is... It is how I see the world and that's what I've been invited uh to, to talk about.
0: I cut the interview off there. We did continue to talk for quite some time about a lot of other topics, but you know, because this segment that I'm running is specifically about Radio Free Satan, I wanted to make sure that you know, that's all I brought to you. And you know, it was like just over half an hour and there's a lot of other things that I wanted to talk about before and, and now afterward. So, um, I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed I enjoyed talking to um, the Reverend and uh, really great guy actually who um, does a really great show. So if you if you haven't seen or listened to Underworld Amusements Variety Hour as of yet, get your ass out there to Ready for Satan or to UnderworldAmusements.com dot com and listen to it because it is certainly worth it. Uh, really great production value. All right, and, and so let's go ahead and move into. But I, I wanted to re-record or bring this back because it's been a while since I've done a Bizarre of the Bizarre. And I wanted to do one tonight that I think is a little bit funny and entertaining. So if you stuck with me through all of that, uh, maybe you'll stick with me just for a little bit longer on uh, this last little segment. So let's move on into Bizarre of the Bizarre. Greetings, Frank. Hungry for a blood-curdling good time? Well, Terror Transmission brings you horror movie commentary like no other podcast. Listen in as your handsome hosts examine all of your current and soon-to-be favorites from the past. Tune in through iTunes or the show's official website, www.terrortransmission.com. Where you can also find horror chat, on-site movie reviews, horror DVD release dates, and more. And don't forget to check out Terror Transmission on Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, and Flickr. Terror Transmission, the greatest horror commentary podcast ever. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bazaar of the Bazaar. Alright, so this one is actually, uh, as all of the Bazaar of the Bazaar is actually, it's pretty adult oriented. So if you got kids in the room, get them out or turn it off and, and listen to this on your iPod or whatever the hell you listen to MP3s on. Uh, maybe even Radio Free Satan. Uh, Alright, so this is Stray Hairs Around Your Junk. So, (laughs) just by way of explanation here. uh, I'm going to take a leak. I'm taking a leak and I notice like a line glinting from the light. Which, you know what, every once in a while you get like a stray peeve or something. (laughs) So, I grab it to sort of, you know, pull it off and drop it in in the urinal. And it tugs around my head. So, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's like wrapped around, so it, I, immediately, I understand, this is not a pube, (laughs) because I don't have these freakishly long, fucking, like, three foot long pubes that wrap around my junk, and maybe some freak out there does, but (laughs) I'm not one of them, so I pull it, and it literally, like a noose, tightens around my my junk, I'm, like, trying to look at this, like, like, it's a fucking sailor's knot, and I'm trying to undo it, all around myself, all the while, people are coming in and out of the bathroom behind me, and I can only imagine what they were thinking that I was fucking doing, but you can't just leave it, because it's literally, you know, like, when you put your hand around your arm and you squeeze, you know, your skin sucks in a little bit, and that's what it's doing, like, it's pulling together, (laughs) really weird, so I finally get it, like, untugged, and I can see that it's still, you know, like, I don't know, just, like, like, sitting on my boxers or something, so I, I yank it out, and I actually feel it coming from all the way behind on my ass, like this hair, this rogue hair, and I think, I think my wife might have planted it, <laughs> like she laid out this carefully little fucking hunter's trap of a hair in my boxers or something, so as soon as I stepped into him, it was just like, shank, bear trap right around me. It was, it was fucking everywhere, so it literally was pulling, and I felt it, like, coming from, as if it was coming straight from underneath me, like I was riding a rope backwards with nothing on. It was very uncomfortable, it was very weird. I can't be the only one that this has ever happened to, but it was so obscure just to pull this hair out, initially, and have it wrapped around me, and then tucked all back in between some other stuff behind. It was just so weird. Um, and I gotta say it—it it wasn't an altogether terrible feeling. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's the bizarre, the bizarre, for this week. Rogue hairs around your junk.
1: <laughs> Have you ever felt that there was a level
0: above being human? Do you feel as though you were better
1: than most mortals? If the answer is yes. Please explore the Temple of the Vampire. www.vampiretemple.com The Temple of the Vampire. Are you one of us? Uh,
0: just a little uh, outro note here. Uh, I did, as mentioned at the top of the show... uh, sort of rearrange my website so the RSS feed is going I had reorganized how the files were structured on my server so the RSS feed is going to prompt you if you're de- like subscribed and you're downloading everything at once it's going to prompt you to download everything again um, or it's going to come up as an option to download it again, just ignore it I, I didn't do anything new to those previous podcasts uh, I just literally moved them into a different directory and so it thinks it's a new one So, completely ignore those, uh, just the newer ones. In this case, this newest one uh, is the only one you should download. Uh, And that's it for another show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'd really love to hear from you. Visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let me know of any suggestions, critiques, or general comments you might have. You can visit the Undercroft Facebook, Twitter, or MySpace page of 9 cents uh, and get in on weekly topics you can view this live show on ustream.tv by searching 9 cents or go to my website 9 or any of the aforementioned social networking links um i have it available on all of them except for twitter uh because obviously you can't Uh, You can also download my show Monday nights via the RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com or subscribe via iTunes by searching 9cents. And uh, don't forget to leave a rating or comment, and I will uh, credit you with that, good or bad. If you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. If you'd like to meet other Satanists, check out Undercroft at satannet.com. And if you'd like to hear other fine Satanic voices, music, or personalities, visit Radio Satan com. It's an online streaming radio site, and you have to go there. You have to go there to get me, but you have to go there to get Underworld Amusements Variety Hour that we talked to this week, last week, The Devil's Mischief, and a lot of other really great shows that I'm going to be bringing to you in the weeks to follow. And before I go, uh, once again, I want to talk briefly about my children's book, How Crow Got a Scare Back. It's a tale of a scarecrow who forgets himself and finds his inner strength in the unlikeliest of places. It's filled with satanic reference, so it must it's a must-have for all you your uh, little ghouls and, and uh warlocks and witches in the making. You can learn more or purchase the book <clears throat> excuse me, by visiting AdamPcampbell.com forward slash crow. There's also a Facebook page and an undercroft page. Under how Crow got a scare back. And once again, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell. And until next week, in the spirit of the new Devil's Advocate drop, can I get a hail Satan? Hail Satan.